<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. It's on the market, and I'm pleased to be joined once again by Andy Roddick, the former world number one, the U.S. Open champion, four-time semifinalist the Australian Open, three-time finalist at Wimbledon. You know, there was this guy, Andy, I don't know if you remember him. I think his name is Roger Federer. You were number one, and he took it from you, and he's still going today. Now, he finally lost a match in 2018, but pretty amazing what uh, what he's doing. And, like, the six degrees of Andy Roddick, uh, your last match was against Del- Dopo, and and then here you go. He's he's uh, he's beating, uh, he's 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 beating Roger yesterday. Pretty amazing seeing like you, your guys that you competed against are still out there. What what and what amazes you most about where Fed's at today? I don't know. Roger's like Benjamin Button. He like does. <laughs> he's, he's like he's like reversing time right now. He's going the other way. I don't uh, I don't understand it, but um, you know he, he's. I don't think you can realize, you know, in 02, 03 when we're prospects and we're kind of each jockeying for position, um, you know, you never, you know how good Roger was, but you don't know how long it's going to last. Um, You know, greatness can be three years or it can be a lifetime. And the fact that he's able to kind of, uh, you know, he's 18, 19 years into dominance is, uh, is, is insane. It's, it's, it's crazy to watch. It's, it's, it's also impressive. Um, the decisions he's been able to make as far as his body with resting for six months, playing a limited schedule, that's hard as an athlete because you, you know, we're, we're taught to get out there, suck it up, play tough. And I, I think the fact that he's kind of sat back and, and been pretty diligent about his decision-making, I don't know that that gets enough credit. Well, and that's interesting that you bring that up because that takes you right into, are you going to play the French open or not? And everybody wants to give Roger Federer advice. And here's a guy that obviously knows his body better than anyone else. But if somebody said, Andy, what do you think? Should he play the, the French Open? Obviously, he didn't play last year, and that worked out pretty well. But maybe he wants to play the French. I, what would you tell him? Yeah, I, I figured something out a long time ago that we're all dumb and Roger's smart. Um, <laughs> okay. But he, uh, I, I don't think he should play it. You know, if, at this point in his career, uh, you know, he got back to the number one ranking, so he, he kind of checked the box of being the oldest number one of all time. Um the, the, the upside is a Grand Slam title. Uh, the downside is uh, obviously losing, but he's not going to go in, you know, underprepared, so he'd have to play. It's not just about one tournament. He'd have to play a, a match or two, or, or sorry, a, a tournament or two on clay going in. So it's not just two weeks. You're looking at five and six weeks as far as preparation and everything else. Uh, his best shot to win is, is, is Wimbledon, is the U.S. Open. So 
Uh, I, I think it's a little bit short-sighted um, to play the French, and I just don't think he's going to do it. You beat Fed three times, and you've also, you know, you've got wins over, you've got wins over everyone, Andy Roddick, Sampras, Agassi, Rafa, Andy Murray, Novak Djokovic, I mean, all of them. When you, when you look back at, I, I don't know, what, did, does any of those victories stand out? Oh, gosh. Um, I mean, it, for different reasons. You know, I, I beat Pete for the first time. It was the first time I ever played a televised match, and I was 18 years old and ranked 100 and something in the world. And then you're playing this 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 idol of yours who's been a superhuman in your life and, uh, you know, playing Andre, who ends up being a mentor. And, you know, obviously my wins were pretty scarce against Fed, so all of those were pretty precious. <laughs> um but yeah, I mean, listen. I, I said uh, in my Hall of Fame speech, I you know, I, I I don't know that I'll ever be the best of of all time. I'm not the best of my generation. But you know, I, I got to. I, I was in the ring with Ali. I got to pitch to Babe Ruth. I got to guard Jordan. You know, so uh, it, it was. I had a, a a front row seat to some really cool stuff and some really great players. Yeah, and you and you beat them all. I mean, I, yeah, okay, Fed Fed beat you more than you beat him a lot more, but you you beat the greatest player. I think most people would say that Rogers is the greatest player of all time. You beat him three times. I, I don't know if like if, when my head hits the pillow at night, if I had that on my resume, I'd feel pretty good about it. I think more about the losses. <laughs> you, see, but that's a thing, right? You like for for you guys, you you play so many matches going through your career, and you don't want to get too high off after a win. But you also don't want to like kill yourself after a loss. But it seems like I think competitors like yourself, they actually they take the losses harder than enjoying the victories. I mean, do you look back and sort of wish you could have flipped that? Yeah, I mean, listen, my my only source of jealousy with with Roger is kind of the ease of of of, of kind of the mental emotions that he has. Uh, I got to interview him uh, at a former job of mine about a year after I retired, and it was the first time we had ever sat down and just rehashed our matches you know we had never you know there wasn't ever a moment where it's like okay let's talk about the 09 Wimbledon final for 10 minutes it just never you know that it just doesn't happen and so we sat down and I, I asked him a question I said you know Michael Jordan you know Kobe Bryant you know uh, maybe Lance Armstrong before the controversy all these kind of athletes that are considered the greatest of all time they all have this kind of rhetoric around them that they're they'll rip your heart out they're these crazy competitors they're these you know they'll do anything to win and 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 i go you're not kind of viewed that way and i said it's more artistic it's more you know whatever it is i go why is that and he goes i don't know i hear everyone saying i hate to lose i hate to lose he goes i actually enjoy winning a little bit more than i hate losing and i go i don't understand that at all i can't even get on that wavelength and i i think that's created kind of an ease for him that you know, has seen him through to, to 37 years old. I don't know that the grind is as, as daunting mentally to him as it is to some other people, and it's, it's a real talent. Getting ready to talk to you, Andy. I, I watched that interview. I think it's the same one you're talking about. I also watched the, the 0-9 final, at least the, 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 the tiebreakers and whatnot. You're up 6-2 in the second set tiebreak. I mean, that's, you, I'm sure you think about it like that. You, you go back, but, and, you, and you played a 16-14. You lost one, you lost, and I think you probably know this, you lost one game serving the entire five-set match. That's insane. But I, was it after that that you got into the locker room and Fed comes in and he is super quiet and just gives you a hug and lets you have your space? Was that, was, was that the time where he just, you know, didn't really celebrate, knew that you were, you know, felt bad about losing and sort of just made it all normal or as normal as he could afterwards? 
Yeah, it was it was a gesture, and I, I in in the same interview we're talking about, I finally told him I was like, I, you know, I, I kind of appreciated it, but it was more along the lines of his team came in, and, and that was a he'd broken the all time slams record that day, um, you know, so that that match had serious historical ramifications uh, in, in tennis, and you know, it was just the worst for me, and uh, you know, who knows if I'm going to get back there? I kind of had a little bit of a dream run, and you know, the the betting favorite going in was Andy Murray, and I'd beaten him in the semis also, so. Um, you know, it was it was a it was a tough day, but I think he he has this kind of human side to him, which I think people relate to. I mean, he he doesn't have a, every court on earth is his home court. You know, I I played him numerous times in New York, where it was you know I, I was like that's my place and that's you know that's that's my venue and you know did did it's still an away match. You know, and I think people can just relate to to his human side a little bit. And that Wimbledon final is really nice. His team comes in, they're understandably pumped up. Um, and he basically just took his celebration elsewhere. You know, I don't know if there's like a gym on the bottom floor. Maybe they went in there, but uh, he wasn't going to do it in the locker room while I was in there. And I thought that was a, a pretty classy gesture. Last one on Fed here. And I love that story. Serena's got 23. Roger's got 20. Serena's got a baby. I mean, there's a lot of factors here. Who do you think ends up with more? Because at this point, I mean, who's, who, who knows when Roger's going to stop? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go with the lead. Yeah, you know, I think I think I'm going to go with Serena just because you can't predict health. You can't predict, you know, after Novak won the French Open and co- completed the career slam, he had won four slams in a row. You you couldn't have have had anyone told you that he wasn't going to win another slam and he was going to struggle, uh, you know, to kind of get back to form. No no one would have believed you. So nothing's guaranteed. So I'll, I'll take uh, Serena uh, if for nothing else. I, I think she'll win more slams. Uh, one and, and two, uh, I'll just take the lead. And you played with both Serena and Venus coming up, right? Do you do you have any stories you could share about that? Where what what they were like back then? I know you're I know you're huge fans of of, of both Serena and Venus. Yeah, yeah. So we we played at a place called Rick Macy Tennis Academy, and um, it's it's funny because you see these girls, and it's you know they've just become these these icons of sport, and um, you know I, I think back to these days where no one really knew who they were. Um, you know, they were just girls who were amazing at tennis. But, they, I mean, they were putting in six, seven, eight hours a day of work just perfecting a craft. Not, And there was no guarantee. You know, you, you think kids are good, but there's a million kids who are good at a sport when they're 11 or 12 years old, uh, and they might not even make it. Uh, you know, so just watching these girls and how, how hard they worked. And I, I know you can look at Serena and, you know, uh, she's got a million things going on, and it's like she's this crazy celebrity and – you know, everything else, but, you know, those hours put in when no one was watching, uh, I, I think is what made them. And it was, uh, again, I had a, I had a front row seat. I was, I was, you know, on the court next to them. So it was, uh, it, it's crazy to, to see these girls who, who kind of had the beads and, uh, you know, they, they had all this power, but, you know, they couldn't quite control their bodies yet. And, you know, it just, just, you know, just seeing what they became is just, uh, it's just amazing, and it's it's a really cool memory for me. And Serena always gets uh, attacked, for lack of a better word, for being too demonstrative on the court, especially with officials or having "quote unquote" heated exchanges. Uh, you know, and and everybody in sport in, in the game, right, has had these. Uh, I I don't know, John McEnroe, super popular. I mean, you had your moments. It's it just it's it's part of the game. It's so intense yeah. out there. What I, I I've seen you come to her defense numerous times. Like, why do you think? There is so much attention on the way she comports herself when she has done so – she's been, you know, perfect on the court a zillion times, and she does so much off the court too. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think there, I think there are a lot of a lot of reasons. I, I think, frankly, I got away with more because I was a, a guy, right? Um, you know, but uh, Serena and I have talked about this, and I remember a conversation. It was, gosh, it had to be a couple years ago now. Um, when she had just lost the U.S. Open, she was in. Uh, I live in Austin, Texas. She was, she was here, and you know, we we actually talked about this subject. And I go, yeah, but you know, I'll I'll go into press and in I'll, I'll lay on the grenade if I did something wrong. You know, it, it, and so I think there's a trust there. Um, you know, maybe I get the benefit of the doubt because I don't, you know, for, for a while. And, and I defend Serena nonstop on Twitter. I got an argument with someone last week because they said, uh, you know, it's like the old reputation of Serena. They just implement those words. And she got asked about something ridiculous last week and couldn't have been more composed and, and mature and uh, but still kind of forcibly uh, and rightfully defensive. Um, you know, so I think she has come a long way, but I think kind of old stereotypes die hard. And, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, she, she got judged pretty harshly for, for a while. So I, I love that the, the it's seemingly changing. Um, you know, there, there's that kind of adoration that she's now getting that Rogers had for, for 10 years. Um, you know, and, and, and I view them through a different lens also. I mean, they, I know Venus and Serena really well, uh, you know, so I, I think there's an element of trust there. So I get to see their sweet side. I get to see their side where they don't feel like someone's watching or they have to say a certain thing or they have to almost act defensively at all times. Um, you know, so and I, and I wish more people got to see that side of them. Yeah. Uh, Andy Roddick working with FedEx and the Junior Achievement Worldwide. They're, you guys are hosting the second annual FedEx Junior Business Challenge, uh, which will uh, give youth uh, on, on youth entrepreneurs a, a unique program to pitch original business concepts. Tell me what you're involved here in here, Andy. Yeah, so you, you pretty much nailed it. The uh, FedEx Junior Business Challenge, a program in connection with uh, the Junior Achievement uh, Worldwide and the PGA Tour. Um, it, basically, we're putting on Shark Tank, but uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're nicer than Cuban, and uh, the people presenting are, uh, are high schoolers. So I'll be on site at uh, Austin Country Club tomorrow, uh, where they're playing the Dell Match play this week. And uh, I'll be kind of uh, one of the judges uh, for some for, for some young entrepreneurs. And uh, FedEx Junior Business Challenge is it's part of FedEx Cares, which is a global gift giving initiative. Uh, FedEx is investing two hundred million dollars in two hundred global communities around the world by two thousand and twenty, uh, which is just a, a staggering thing to 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 be doing and, and to be able to say. And so I'm I'm happy to be a, a part of it in, in some small way. Uh, I guarantee you the people who are pitching will know way more about everything than I will, but somehow I'm a judge. I, I think you're going to do great. And if you want to search it on Twitter, it's hashtag FedExJuniorBiz. I got all the confidence in the world in you, Andy Roddick. Hey, uh, just a couple more before you go here. Uh, tennis is considering getting rid of uh, the current system for – basically they're considering getting rid of line judges here. That's, a, that's the best way to say it. Hawkeye Live, Andy Roddick, where – we don't need any more line judges. There will be someone in the chair, but it'll take away all the arguments, and it'll also take away moments where you're wondering, was that ball in, was it not? Crowds seem to love it. They all, the clapping goes on. What, what do you think about getting rid of the line judges? So I, I, this is the first I've heard of it, okay. um, to be honest. So it will require some thought, but I will tell you that uh, when I was playing and we, we had the uh, – instant replay in the review uh i loved it because you never left the match thinking like hey i got screwed out of that one you know if they hadn't messed up that call uh you know maybe the the result would have been different so it was it was nice kind of having that that uh that clarity um if i was commissioner i would take it all away because i think 
when you're talking about tennis, you know, people still talk about Connors and McEnroe and the arguments and kind of the personality. And, and tennis doesn't have a home team. You know, it's, it's not someone you're born and, you know, and, and someone automatically follows you just based on geography. Um, you know, we have to earn those fans. And I think individual personalities, especially in an individual sport, are, 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 are very important. So um, I, I, I could make an argument for, for either side of it. But, you know, I, I, I think it, I never stop watching when McEnroe is arguing with someone or staff and or whatever else. And I'm sure there are parents out there that, that will probably disagree with me. <laughs> but, but uh, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, in, in, in sports and especially uh an individual sport without kind of the infrastructure of a league, you know, we need the eyeballs and, you know, in, in whatever way we can get them. Well, when you, when you play in the power shares and I saw you last year in Chicago and you played John and it's ridiculous. John's nearly 60 years old. He's still incredible on the court. Uh, it, you, the fans there, they want to see you guys play, but they want to see McEnroe get in an argument with you. They, they love it. Yeah, he used to say, uh, I think he says, you know, I used to get fined when I argued with people, and now I get fined if I don't. <laughs> well, it, he, he, it's, that, was, that was part of the deal, being John McEnroe. Is American tennis, I, I know you get asked this a ton, but like just thinking about it again, is, are, are, are they doing something wrong, or is it just a cyclical thing, the talent's going to come when it comes? Well, we have to be specific, because the women are doing their jobs. You know, mm-hmm. we, had, we had all four semifinalists at the U.S. Open last year, so... I always caution people when asking that question to be very specific that it's the men yeah. uh, <laughs> who, who, who kind of warrant that question. Very true. Um, no, I, you know what it is? It's a, it's a global sport. And, you know, I always, I always make the, the, <laughs> the observation to my friends that you know, when someone wins the Super Bowl, they put on the hats that say world champions, even though football's not played anywhere else. You know, so yeah. Yeah. You know, you're not running against anyone else. You're not going to lose to a guy from Serbia. Um, you know, it, it is it is a global sport, and it's second to soccer in in a, in a lot of places. So um, we're fighting an interest game. You know, the interest level here in tennis is you know I don't know eight, nine, ten, maybe, and around the world it's like the thing that you should be playing. So um, you know, you mentioned Francis. If we have someone like him inspiring generations, Venus and Serena have inspired. You know, I don't think it's coincidental that Madison Keys and Sloane Stevens, you know, Venus and Coco, all three of them said, "Listen, Venus is here. We're happy to be playing against her. We watched her. She inspired us. We wanted to do what they did." So we we do need those kind of. Uh, transformational figures in, in U.S. men's tennis. Will Tiger Woods win the Masters? He's coming up three straight top 15 performances. The Vegas favorite. Now that means just people are putting their money on Tiger. What do you think? Will he win the Masters? Will Tiger win yeah. another a, a major at some point? No. Well, okay. I think I think he will win again. Um, you know, if you're asking me, Tiger versus the field. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I would take the field. Um, you know, but I, I think the fact that you know, let's let's have some context to this question. I think if you ask me in October, November, when he was the vice uh, captain uh, for the Ryder Cup, and he, or whatever it was, and, and, and he said, like, I don't know if I'll ever play again. And now all of a sudden you're asking me that question in a serious manner is, is amazing to show how far he's come in three months. You know, he's gone, what, uh, 12th, tied for second, tied for fifth. Um, he's playing real golf again. I mean, it's, 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 it's so much fun to watch. I think he was what 53 for 53 inside of nine feet last week putting. I mean, if you can, if you can putt like that, you have a shot, you know, uh, he'd be, he'd be near the top of guys that I would want, but uh, I'm not, I'm not ready to take the leap where I'm going to take him against the field. All right. Last one for you. This is a two parter first. Where will, where will LeBron James play basketball next year? 
that's impossible. Um, uh, I mean, I guess I'd have to go, I'd have to say Cleveland, but so much of it depends on how they play. Uh, it, it seems like the kind of the, the blown up new roster is agreeing with them. Um, I mean, I'd have to say Cleveland, but I, again, I have no confidence in that. Okay. Where should LeBron James play basketball next year? What would you advise him? It, okay. So it, it feels like he's kind of looking at the next, he's got his production company. He's already got a house out there. There's a, there's some space for a superstar. Um, you know, it, it seems like he should kind of have a, a, a moment in, in Los Angeles. I, I, I you know, I, I don't know that it does anything for his legacy if he goes and joins uh, an already great team uh, and wins something. Um, you know, I, 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 I understand we, we deal in absolutes in American sports culture with with titles, and he can kind of tick the boxes. But, you know, if he goes and plays with, with James Harden and Chris Paul and wins two more titles, is that more relevant than taking the Lakers to the NBA Finals? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I just think he looks good in purple and gold. I'm totally with you. Just, it just, I think that's where he belongs at the end of his career. All right, uh, Andy Roddick, always great to talk to you. Working with FedEx and the Junior Achievement Worldwide, you guys are hosting the second annual FedEx Junior Business Challenge. You can check it out hashtag FedEx Junior Biz on Twitter. And uh, Andy, it's always great to talk to you. Congrats on your success and thanks for taking time. Appreciate you. Thanks a lot. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.